When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and the restrictions may apply. Analysis by Eucalypt Speed Test Intelligence Data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 It's Wednesday, it's 2 o'clock, it's time for stoppage time, and look, we make no guarantees that we're not going to be talking baloney, you know, we can't, we can't guarantee oh. that, but we might talk about a little bit of baloney up from New England, we will talk about what's happening with Atlanta United and Inter-Miami playing at the Benz, 5 o'clock is the start time, a little bit earlier than you might be used to, that's on Saturday, and no, we don't know if Lionel Messi is playing starting traveling, uh, any of those things. There are no answers as of yet. We'll tell you what we do know on the show, and if you have any questions, throw them into the comments, and we'll try to get to those as well. This is as excited as I've ever been for a regular season game. Uh, I mean, there, there have been many regular season games I've been excited for. Uh, this is right at the top of that list, and I just, I don't know. And, and it's weird for us because we've already seen Messi in person, I know for a lot of you who are watching us who haven't yet had that opportunity, um, you know, because you weren't down in Miami at the end of July, it, it maybe it feels a little bit different for us than it would be for you. But I am just anticipating an absolute spectacle uh, on Saturday. I, I would even predict there, and this might be a little brash. Uh oh. No, I'll make a prediction. There will be more tickets scanned on Saturday for Atlanta United than Sunday's Falcons game. Yeah, no, I, I don't think that's a, a crazy thing to say at yeah. all. And, and I, there's I, no I, knock on the Falcons either. No, like that's just... no, no. And, and in fact, they're playing Green Bay, which is one of the, the really strong traveling fan bases. So the Falcons are going to have a great crowd. But, I mean, we're talking about, I, I think, a generational event. Now, Messi hopefully will be in this yeah. league for a while, and hopefully players have near his caliber i don't think anyone in the world is of his caliber and right might beat it right now and maybe never i mean he might truly be the best of all time but i do think there will be a day in mls where many players near messi's caliber will be playing and, and we'll get to celebrate that as well but this does just have the feel of a a generational event and i think what makes it so exciting for me jason is that Atlanta United has a chance to be the first team to, to beat these guys since uh, this era started. Uh, and 
I like their chances. I like that they're playing at home. I like that, uh, you know, they've had two weeks. Yes, there were players called up. And yes, I know Miles Robinson played 90 minutes last night. I know there's some concern about it. I'm not worried about that in the least. He's stateside. He's a center back. Uh, Oman was not asking too many questions last night of that back line. I feel just fine with Miles Robinson. I'm a little less cool with Luisa Brahm having to play 90 against Brazil last night and now having to travel that that's a little iffy, but you know, Sergei Kristoff is in the same boat for Miami. That's a center back too, that had to play 90 for Ukraine against Italy. And now he's got to come back. So that'll end up being a wash, but I, I just get really excited about the thought that Atlanta United is, is in position to do something that no one else in the league has been able to do yet. And at some point Miami is going to lose a match at some point. It's going to happen. Uh, it would be really, really cool if Atlanta United is going to be the first. Yeah, it, it would be a lot of fun to see that first stand. It, it's going to be a packed house. It's going to be a rowdy atmosphere. It's going to have a, a different kind of feel, I think, than a typical match just because of the spectacle of everything. Um, a couple of updates. So Yorgos Yakimakis only played in the first game for Greece. He trained yesterday with Atlanta United. Tiago Almada did not make the trip to Bolivia. He arrived back in Atlanta yesterday. Sometime in the morning, I think it was that early flight uh, from Buenos Aires, so he would have landed pretty early. Uh, he was not in training yesterday, but it was expected that he would be training today. Uh, Saba Lobjanidze is back in the building uh, after his last game for Georgia. He didn't play in the second game for the Republic of Georgia. He played in the first uh, Luis Abram, you mentioned that. That was the late game last night in Lima. So he's going to have the longest trip back. And he played a lot of minutes. He played the most yep. minutes of anybody over the break. So that's the biggest concern is Abram on the back line. And, and does it become Juan Operata instead of Abram for this game? And that's just the reality of the situation. Um, little things that stood out to me at training yesterday. One, we did get to meet Jamal Tiare. Uh, it was his first full training session with the team. He arrived on Sunday and had a couple of individual days just trying to build up fitness. He said he can contribute on Saturday. He is not fit in terms of being 90 minutes to go right now. He's just not, and that might not happen for a while. He was out for an extended period of time after the second division season in France ended last season. And this whole saga with getting his work visa and everything to come into the country, he's been doing training since he got here in terms of fitness, but that's a lot of catching up to do. Can he contribute for a, a 10 to 15 minute shift on Saturday if needed? He felt like he could. So we'll see if that is needed. Hopefully it's not. And we'll see what he could do in that. Um, other things that jumped out to me, there, there was one moment in one of the activities that, is something that we've talked about and something that I feel like is not a missing element for the team, maybe an inconsistent element at times, and it's counter pressure. And it was uh, an activity, and I'm not going to set the whole thing up, but basically, you know, it's it's transitions, balls turning over in different points, and you go from having the ball to having to defend. And, and what Gonzalo Pineda said in between the the sessions, they generally go for in these activities – Depending on the day and depending on how much you're working fitness-wise, sometimes it's it's 90 minutes at a clip. Sometimes it's up to like three minutes at a clip. Uh, I think this one was about two. 
And in between when the, the players are grabbing water before they started again, Gonzalo made the point of when the ball turns over, that's the best time to try to win it back. That is when the other team is not set up. They're not structured. They're not able to keep it easily. You go to try to win it back then. And if you don't immediately win it back, then you can recover and get organized. But you have to go for it when it turns over. And I think when Atlanta's been their best this season, that's what we've seen. They have had the ball. They've had control. But when they've lost the ball, which everybody does, they've won it back in good spots. And they've created opportunities out of that. That was a big part of what I saw yesterday that really stood out to me reflecting on it. And something that's going to be needed against Miami, who will have the ball and will have their opportunities. Atlanta needs to have the ball, but when it turns over, they need to put them under pressure and win the ball back in good, dangerous positions. Well, let's just get this out of the way then, because it's what everyone's asking on the Twitch pitch. And I asked you before we started, so I'll ask you again. <laughs> yeah. What do you think is going to happen with Messi? Do you it's think too early to say. It, it's, it's honestly too early to say. I mean, it's just there, there's no way to know. And anybody who tells you they know right now is lying to you. They're, they're 100% lying to you. I, I'm not going to sit here and, and give you a hot take just to say it. I'm not going to say he's not going to play because he didn't play yesterday in Bolivia. I'm not going to say that he is going to start and play 90 minutes because he didn't play in Bolivia. I don't know. There was talk in Buenos Aires about him having a slight injury. I didn't see it confirmed by any of the heavyweights in terms of Argentine reporters. And there's tears just like there are, you know, in any sport you follow. There, there's people that you see them say something and you believe it. And there's people that say things and you might take it with a grain of salt and wait for somebody else to confirm it. I saw the idea about him having any kind of a – I saw a right hamstring was, was something that was specifically mentioned. Didn't notice it in the game. Didn't notice it afterwards. It wasn't talked about afterwards. None of the main reporters talked about it. Lionel Scaloni, the manager of Argentina, said yesterday after the game in Bolivia that he didn't feel comfortable. He, I think he said he felt uncomfortable in terms of it being translated to English. And they didn't want to risk it. And that's fine. Does that mean that he'll be comfortable to play on Saturday? I don't know. Does it mean that he has is carrying some kind of an injury? I don't know. Scaloni talked about, I think, after the Ecuador game when he came out of just, you know, look, he's played a lot of games in a short period of time. And that is a good bit of travel back and forth between Miami and Buenos Aires. It's better than it would have been from Paris or Barcelona to Buenos Aires, but it's still travel and it can still be uncomfortable. The good thing is, Teise reported yesterday, the good thing for Miami anyway, and the good thing if, if you want to see Messi on Saturday, he went straight from La Paz to Miami. He didn't go back to Buenos Aires with the team. Teise reported that, and that would give him a little more time. If he doesn't train this week or he just does some work on his own on the side, he can play on Saturday if he if he needs to. That's that's he's not a typical player in that off. He doesn't train on Thursday, he's not gonna play. No, no, no. This is Lionel Messi we're talking about. So I'm not gonna guess. I don't know. I, I would assume until told otherwise that he is going to play. The fact that he didn't play Tuesday could lean you to believe that he could start on Saturday, but if there's any concern about any kind of physical issue, then no, he'll either come off the bench or he won't play. But I think he'll be involved in the group. I just don't know if he'll see the field. No way to know. 
I know this sounds weird as someone who, I mean, just being very transparent, I don't think it's going to surprise anyone on, on this group, uh, you know, someone who pulls very hard for Atlanta United. I know this might sound silly, but I really do want to see Messi play. I mean, I, I, I really, I, I would love to see that. Um, it, you know, I think anytime we're going to get an opportunity to see him play in person, you value that. Um, it, not to mention, there's a lot of people who have invested a lot of time and money with the hopes that that they'll see him play. Not to mention the league has moved this game to a different time slot to put it kind of in a feature window. Uh, you know, th there's all sorts of factors in play that that would make it very, very worthwhile if Messi did get a chance to play. Does it make it more difficult for Atlanta United to defeat Miami if he does play? Yeah, obviously. But I don't think this is going to be easy even if Messi doesn't play. Talk to Sporting Kansas City about that. I mean, Miami had nine guys out on international call-up last Saturday. SKC has struggled this year. Uh, but Miami had nine guys out last Saturday and found a way to come from behind and beat SKC. So um, even if Messi doesn't play, even if Messi and Joseph both don't play, Joseph uh, ended up playing against Paraguay a little bit last night as a sub. Uh, even no, if Robert he, he's, Taylor, he's, sorry, Joseph started yesterday. I thought I'm my bad. I thought he, uh, yeah, he started because him, it was the first time that, uh, Joseph and Mickey started against one against another each other. That's since right. Their time yeah. here. You're I was trying right. to look, I think he went 60 plus yesterday. Yeah, hold but, on. I, I mean, it's not that big of a deal, honestly, when it comes to that, because Leo Campana had a pretty good game last yeah, time right. out. So Joseph <laughs> right. went 67 minutes yesterday. He did, yeah. Uh, Robert Taylor played on Sunday for Finland, but only six minutes. I, I would have to think he's probably pretty yeah, good. Yeah, he'll be fine. Uh, Kramashki did nothing last night to rule him out. He's a kid. Uh, he He'll be fine. Minutes. Uh, Edison Ascona might be a little iffy. He played 60 minutes on Tuesday uh, against Montserrat, I think, is yes. who the Dominican Republic played against. So, I mean, Miami's going to be feeling it just beyond messy. But, uh, yeah, I, I'm, I'm with Bobby Blackwolf. Like, I want to see him play and not score. I want to see him do a lot of dazzling things and ping the ball all over the place and be entertained, but I want to see Atlanta United shut him down. Yeah. I say that as a fan. It, not it is what it is. Not, not as a scholar of the game, because believe me, I am not a scholar of the game. But I again, I'll go back to what I said at the very beginning of the show today. I think it's such an interesting opportunity here for Atlanta United. Uh, a chance to make a statement, number one. But number two, you know, no MLS team has been able to shut this down yet. And uh, Atlanta United's next up on the board, and they've already had one chance, and they, they missed on it. But they're also, I think, right? I, I don't think Nashville has seen them twice. Um, no, nobody has. Sorry, Nashville did. Nashville yeah. did in League's Cup, and then they saw them in, in League. Okay, right. So yeah. uh, other than Nashville, Atlanta United's the only team that, that's going to get a second crack at them. The midfield will be probably different. Than what it was in July, I have to think William Buzz going to be starting. It's um, a different setup. Yeah, Atlanta's in a different place than they were at that time. They, they've got some reinforcements. They they have Sean De Silva in the group. They have Saba Lopchenidze in the group. They have William Ba who played the next game in League's Cup. They're they're in a different position. I think having Brooks Lennon and Caleb Wiley as fullbacks is also really helpful in a game like this. I, yeah, I mean, you want to beat teams at their best. It, it just makes you feel better about where you are. But 
you want to beat teams, period. And yeah. Miami's got to manage Lionel Messi's minutes at some point this season, and it's just the reality of a 36-year-old legend that probably wants to play more than maybe he should at times. And that's just the, the nature of players getting older and having to come to grips with that. So it's a Miami problem, and, and I think you know in any way that it's spun otherwise is incorrect. It's just the nature of sports, you know? I mean, people bought New York Jets season tickets to see Aaron Rodgers. Well, that didn't last very long, did it? No. Uh, it's just it what it's what happens. Players get hurt. Players get tired. Things happen, and that's the risk that we all face in this game. I mean, you know, we've been in a situation where you prepare for a game, you have your storylines, you, you know what you're going to talk about. And then somebody gets scratched in, in warm-ups or, or somebody gets sent off in the, the first 10 minutes or gets injured early, and, and you have to adapt. That's where this game is. And, look, it's difficult for Atlanta United because, you know, you're preparing a game plan. He might play, he might not. He might start, he might come off the bench. You, you don't know. So that is something you have to factor in. Mm-hmm. You know, is it going to dramatically change the personnel? No. Is it going to change the shape of the team? No. Is it going to change maybe some individual assignments? Yeah, it could. It absolutely could. Does it change if, for example, Messi is on the right wing and Caleb Wiley maybe has to stay home a little bit more to deal with that if he's there? If it's somebody else, maybe he can get forward more. There's things like that that are trickle-down effects. But Miami's got to deal with this, and they're trying to get into the postseason, and it's not easy to – have one of your best players in this spot where you're going to have a lot of days like this if you're Tata Martino. Can he go? How long can he go? How much should he go? What do we do today? And that's really where Miami is. It's probably where they're going to be the rest of the season. Hey, Mel. Bri here. Got to work from home today because the whole family caught a nasty. Hey, Mikey, if you're going to puke, find the popcorn bowl. But my availability is 110%. Coincidentally, so is my fever. (laughs) Kidding. Mel, I'm so cold but hot. Uh, But I'm going to get you that budget. Just as soon as... Mikey! Popcorn bowl! Press 1 to use Instacart and get your family's sick day essentials delivered in as fast as 30 minutes. Press 2 to keep working. Do not press 2. Just use Instacart. Brian. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Well, and their margin for error is really, really narrow right now. Now, they, they have a very good chance of winning U.S. Open Cup, obviously. They've already won League's Cup, so... They could win two trophies this year and miss the MLS playoffs, and it's still going to be a good season. I'm not sure how narrow it is. It's super crowded because of just the Eastern Conference, and that makes it complicated. I'm looking at the number of teams they need to jump, not necessarily the points. I'm looking at the number of teams they need to jump. Right now, they would need to jump five teams. Uh, yeah. Miami still has to play eight matches. Some of the teams ahead of them play seven or six, so that is a factor. But it's not necessarily the points. They're yeah. they're six below the line right now. I just I look at the number of teams they have to jump. And granted, they are going to see some of these teams head to head. I I still think it's they'll have some six point matches. Like they have a six point match against Charlotte coming up. Um, I. Not sure if they play DC again. Uh, off the top of my head, I do know they play Charlotte again. They'll have some six point matches coming up, but I just think it's it's going to be hard for them to jump five teams in eight matches. Yeah, it can be done mathematically, but it I think it's going to be very hard. It's weird because I don't think you know. Initially, we were going through all this, and it's like, well, they're going to have to be almost perfect to get the number of points that they have to get. I think that's honestly out the window at this point because you're six points back. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, two wins, and you're right there on that line. But that's a lot of other teams that you got to look at as well. So it's not just one team you're trying to get to. It's all these other teams in a jumble that you just can't control. It's complicated, and it's going to be complicated until decision day and probably in the last 15 minutes of decision day. It's mm-hmm. going to be complicated as to who gets in in the Eastern Conference. But they are within striking distance at this point. And that's where it gets really, really interesting when you're managing all of that. And and we we're we're going to talk about Lionel Messi a lot, and that's just the nature of having the the goat in the league. But Sergio Busquets is going to get tired. Jordi Alba is going to get tired. You've got young players coming in like Facundo Farias, who I I think is a serious problem for a lot of teams in this league. He's a very good player. He's young. And he hasn't really been in these situations very much in his career. He played big games at Colón in Argentina. But a big game there with that club is very different than coming into Atlanta and playing in front of 70,000 plus. Like, there are challenges for this group beyond Messi. They've been incredible. They've got a great shot stopper in Drake Callender. They figured out a defensive structure that works. But. This is a team that can be frail, in my opinion, because of inexperience and age. And that's going to catch up to them. The challenge for Tata Martino is not allowing a bump in the road, which will happen, and it might happen on Saturday for them, to become an issue. Teams lose. Good teams don't lose often. And that's going to be the question for this group. Um, I just want to touch on something that's come up from a couple people on the Twitch pitch about turf and, you know, the Messi won't play on turf narrative, perhaps coming to an end this weekend. I think Messi himself has addressed that, but Abby brings up the Aaron Rodgers thing. I I, I just, I, I want to kind of double down on something that we've talked about a few times lately. 
the technology just does not exist right now to make it practical to have natural surfaces in every indoor and outdoor stadium in this country. For climate reasons, it doesn't work in certain parts of the country. For technological reasons, it doesn't work for indoor stadiums. We need to get past, and I know the the players union in the NFL kind of stirred this pot yesterday. We need to get past this notion that we can just snap our fingers and have natural surfaces in every stadium in this country. They tried opening new NFL stadiums in Pittsburgh, Baltimore, Cincinnati, I'm almost positive New England, with natural surfaces, and it did not work. It did not work. They got to the end of the NFL season, and they were painting dirt green because the grass was dying under the strain of events and climate. Um, yeah, same thing for these indoor stadiums. You have to remember again, even the stadiums where the grass can be removed and, and moved outside so it can get the direct sun, uh, you know, infamously at this last Super Bowl in uh -huh. Arizona, that that surface did not hold up. The grass surface in Las Vegas is one of the absolute worst in the National Football League. Uh, the technology does just does not exist. In fact, honestly, I'd like to see us spend more of our time and effort and research into making artificial surfaces better than natural surfaces. And I, I, I have to think that someone one day is going to be able to develop a system or a technology to make that happen. But what I really hope is that we are not on Saturday afternoon dwelling about anything turf-related because some of the gnarliest injuries I have ever seen in sports, including in the National Football League, have come on grass fields. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's just the fact of the matter. They've come on grass fields. It often does not have anything to do with turf. Sometimes it does. You know, the old AstroTurf at Veterans Stadium yeah, in Philadelphia. Conversation. Giant Stadium in New Jersey. I mean, yeah, it was like you're playing on pavement, and, and that would cause injuries. But we have evolved so much with the artificial surfaces since then. I, I just hope this narrative goes away this weekend, um, if yeah. it even comes up. Yeah, it's it's not fair because uh, it came up last year with Atlanta United and Achilles injuries, and we went through it and through it and through mm -hmm. it. Um, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, in this case with with MetLife, I understand the idea of wanting to play on natural surfaces. I get it. I understand it. And a great natural surface is, is the best of everything that you can possibly imagine. But there's not that many of those. And there's not that many of those perfect grass fields that are better. Honestly, you mentioned the Super Bowl. That field was terrible. Uh, could have been injuries on that field easily. Seen plenty of injuries on bad grass fields. And I'll take a good turf field over a bad grass field every single time. Agreed. Every single time. When I played, I hated playing on bad grass fields. It's Bad fields are bad fields. And... Mercedes-Benz Stadium, that's not a bad field at no. all. There are differences in turf as well, and there are some stadiums that have worse turf than, uh, than others. I think Atlanta's had some of the best turf, uh, to the point that Tata Martino, when he brought Mexico here, played on turf. He didn't care. Said it was great. Mexico last night, played on turf. No problems. Like it, Every injury you look at, you're not going to eliminate hardwood floors because people blow their Achilles in the NBA. 
Like, it's, it's not going to happen. Like, you're trying to improve the technology to minimize these things for sure, but there's just certain things about where you can grow grass and how high quality the field can be that you can't get around having a bad field certain times of the year, and you'd rather have turf in those situations. I'm sorry. Yeah. A couple other things want to get to on the Twitch pitch. I do want to talk about New England, by oh, the way. Oh, boy. Uh, Chris wants to know, roof open on Saturday. It's going to be 77 and sunny. That's going to come down to wind from what yeah. I've been told. And what we have learned is that uh, anything over a sustained 15-mile-an-hour wind causes issues with um, – actually, this probably would not be an issue with it being a 72,000 game. But when they pull the curtains down to cover the 300 level – uh, if the wind is at a certain point and the curtains start, the curtain rods start colliding with each other, you could have problems. With it being a 72,000 game, that would not be a concern, I don't believe. Uh, but I know often when the roof is closed and it's a nice day outside, the explanation we usually get is because it's a wind issue. So we'll yeah. just have to wait and see. But you're right, Chris, everything does kind of set up for the roof to be open, and that would be really neat. Uh, Christopher points out, got to have a foul on Messi. Uh, he was not fouled in July. Jair Marufo is the referee who does not call oh, a got, lot of fouls. I got things to talk um, about with that, too. Go right ahead. By the way, I, just just as, a, <laughs> just as a note, and I think I know where you're going to go with this, Marufo <laughs> was the fourth official mm -hmm. in Dallas. Mm -hmm. The center ref from that match did get a center ref assignment this week. It's not so, where I was going to go. But, yeah. but uh, well, that, I'm, that is surprising. I'm throwing That's, that in there. That I'm, is very surprising. Little surprised as well. Uh, okay, so the idea you got to foul Messi. And look, I talked about it on the full time report. It's not that simple of just saying you got to foul Messi because he is a player that when you hit him a few times in a game, and look, it's been done in his career. You can go look at some games in La Liga, you can go look at some games in France, you can go look for some Argentina games. Teams have, have played that approach against him. A lot of times it backfires because that just fires him up. You have to be careful about that. You can't foul him anywhere within 30 yards because you're giving him an opportunity from a set piece to hurt you. Probably even 40 yards with, with some of his chipped balls into the back post or to the near post. So you, you've got to be smart in where you do it, and you've got to be smart in how you handle it. And I don't think you go into to playing a guy like Messi with – a singular approach, period. You, you want to try to throw somebody like that off of their game. And you do that by mixing it up. You, you do that by sometimes double-teaming. You do that sometimes by being very tight to him before the ball gets to him. You do that sometimes by closing him down quickly. Yes, fouling him in the middle third where you can foul him in the middle third. You're not looking to, to foul because, again, go back to the last game for Miami where it's a foul in the middle third – Sergio Busquets puts the ball down and puts it on a rope, and in Miami scores. And Kansas City's like, what? We weren't, we weren't even ready. So you don't want to give that opportunity either. So mm -hmm. it's not that simple to say just foul him. It's you have to try to limit his impact in the game. And sometimes, yes, it is from fouling. But then you've got to do lots of things once you foul him to still defend the situation. You can't let the quick free kick happen. you got to foul him in certain spots of the field. All these different elements to it. So I think Atlanta in general needs to be a little more physical. I think they need to pick their spots to prevent teams from breaking on the other team's side of midfield. 
that's where I feel like is a pretty safe zone. They get past their defensive third. They break your first line of pressure. They look like they can break away from you. Foul. Foul there. Don't let them get into the attacking half. Uh, Jair Marufo being assigned to this game, I absolutely do not like it. And it's not because I don't like Jair Marufo. I do not like when referee assigners put a referee on a game between teams that he saw the last time he was out. I don't even like when it's in a, a somewhat frequent basis because things stick. They do. These are human beings we're talking about. And Jair Marufo heard a lot of conversation from the Atlanta bench in Dallas, and it was absolutely warranted with the way that game went, with the way that first goal went, which changed the whole night. Jair Marufo heard a lot of talk from Gonzalo Pineda, from Diego De La Torre. From, I mean, they, they were trading off. Eugenio Villazon was, was yelling at him sometimes. You can't put the guy in the next game on that same team's game. You can't do that. That is, There are plenty of referees. I have a huge issue with that, and I hope it doesn't matter. And Marufo is one of the best in the league, and he's one of the best in this hemisphere. But you're putting him in a bad situation where he got yelled at for 90 minutes by one of the teams that he's about to referee. I don't like that. There's no need yeah. to even open that door. You hey, don't have I'll, to do it. I'll just add one additional note. I, I – I cringe sometimes when I see assignments such as a certain referee embroiled in a controversy and a match between two particular teams ending with him sending off a player after 90 minutes because that player collided with him in a fit of frustration and then yep. being assigned to the subsequent matchup between those two teams. Yep. And that has happened. And, and it's happened recently and repeatedly. And it's suspicious. I, I don't, and I, I want to be clear because I, I think you've made a very good point. Jair Marufo is a very good referee. He's outstanding. Fact, probably best center ref in pro. And I know he doesn't really center much anymore. He does more VAR, more fourth. He's uh, doing a good bit, but yeah, he's he's still, I mean, if he's not the best, he's in the top three. There's no he's question. He's great. He's absolutely in the top three. And the whole crew, by the way. I mean, yeah. it's an elite crew. Yeah. Corey Rockwell's one of the ARs. He's, mm -hmm. the, I think, unanimously thought to be the best AR in the league. It's a good crew. But it does raise eyebrows. Uh, and I've talked to referees. It's a hard spot for them to be in because, yeah. I mean, you don't want to carry stuff over from previous games. You don't, but you're, you're, human. you're a human being. And you heard a lot from one team the last time out. And you shouldn't be put in the situation. It's setting Marufo up for a bad spot because if a call goes against Atlanta, they're going to have that feeling. And that's right. not what you need walking in the door. He shouldn't be on the game. It should be somebody else. And Pro could have done that. And that doesn't mean that if he makes a bad call, this is why. It just opens the door for making this more difficult than it needed to be. I right. don't like that he's assigned to this game. All right, let's talk about the New England situation. <laughs> this thing is just absolutely wild. I'm sure most of <sighs> you know about this. But uh, Bruce Arena resigns uh, amid an investigation into comments made in the workplace. It sounds like his longtime lead assistant may have turned him in. <laughs> the players uh, have lost all trust in the lead assistant who was uh, appointed caretaker manager. So now allegedly he's not the caretaker. So now he's not the caretaker manager anymore. <laughs> Uh, but he hasn't been sacked. No. Uh, they've called up the Revolution 2 
head coach and assistants to be caretakers. But now the rest of arena staff has been sacked. Uh, Walkouts from training, refusals to train. Another allegedly, Uh, because that's been refuted. Yeah. By one of the players, actually. uh, And and then one of their uh, front – I wasn't sure if it was their technical director or someone else calling the the stuff today baloney and saying – Stop talking baloney. What a uh, crap show. Uh, going on up there right now in New England, a team that, by the way, is second in the Eastern Conference right now, second in the East, and uh, this this unbelievable drama has unfolded. No one still seems to know exactly what Bruce said. No one knows. Um, it doesn't sound like there's a lot of evidence that Bruce said something really egregious. Uh, if that's happened and hasn't leaked yet, no, nope. um, wild situation. And uh, you know, given Bruce's age and the fact that now he would have to petition the commissioner to get a job somewhere else, I wonder if we've seen Bruce Arena coach for the last time. And I think that would be very, very unfortunate if true. I didn't check the uh, adult language button before starting this, so I should probably be careful <laughs> with how how I want to say this. Um, this is a mess, like. Ted Lasso wouldn't have written this storyline because it doesn't make any sense. No. This might have been in Dream Team. I said it on Atlanta Soccer tonight, last night. If you remember Dream Team from the old Fox Soccer channel, uh, the Sky Sports, like, really tabloidy soap opera around a fictional team, they might have had something like this. Um, I mean, just the timeline of all of it, even just yesterday's timeline, but the timeline on Saturday. Going into Saturday, and there were games Saturday, New England played on Saturday, we didn't know anything about what was going on with Bruce Arena. It had been six weeks. We had no idea. Radio silence everywhere. The Athletic dropped an article that talked about, well, we don't know what happened with Bruce Arena. We don't know what's going on, but we have been told that Richie Williams and Kurt Anolfo have cooperated with the investigation. And Kurt Anolfo, the interim technical director, uh, Richie Williams, the longtime assistant, former player of Bruce Arena. Then, at the end of the game, before the team tweeted the final score graphic, they tweeted a statement that Arena had resigned. Then they tweeted the final score graphic. I mean, just bonkers. Richie yeah. Williams speaks to the media after that game. He's like, I, I, I don't know. I didn't know anything about it. I was coaching a game. Then they're supposed to train yesterday and talk about all this before they got to train. Well, they talked a long time and they didn't train. And Matt Polster threw water on the report from the athletic that the players refused to train. He said, no, it was, it was mutual. And that's what Richie Williams had said yesterday when the club put him out there to speak to the media. Then we had follow up articles and, and the the conversation that maybe the players don't necessarily trust Richie Williams because a lot of players backed Bruce Arena, Shaori Joseph, Dave Vandenberg, who are no longer with the club. They tweeted or Instagrammed messages of, of support for Bruce Arena before he resigned. And now it comes out that they had had clashes with Anolfo and Williams since Bruce Arena was put on administrative leave. There are so many layers to this, and I don't think it is an impossible assumption at this point 
to assume that New England is not in a position to be able to let Richie Williams go because this could be a whistleblower kind of situation. Exactly. Yeah, in, so, in that he blew the whistle on Arena. Yeah, and, and he then has to be protected. So he's he's not he's not going to be the interim coach anymore, but they can't let him go even if the players don't want to play for him. So like there there's so many different aspects to it. We don't know what happened. So it's really hard to judge the whistleblower narrative and should they have turned in their mentor and, and honestly for both of them and I think especially in Anolfo's case somebody who kept giving them employment I, I mean frankly Richie Williams has never made that transition to be a manager in this league he's been a longtime assistant and pretty much for Bruce Arena Kurt Anolfo he's been a manager in this league three different times he didn't last the full season in any of those stops. And he was brought back by Bruce Arena multiple times. Look, that doesn't mean that you can't turn him in if he did something wrong. But we don't know what happened. And the fact that it hasn't come out is baffling in all of this. Yeah. Because it just makes this even more confusing. And the players are, are confused. And everybody's confused. And we were confused for six weeks. We've talked about it for a long time. We have no idea what's going on. We don't know why he's been put on administrative leave. We don't know what happened. We don't know what was said. Now, the other aspect of it that adds the intrigue to it, and this is why it would make a soap opera storyline, is the the story from the, the Athletic included the fact that Bruce Arena had signed an extension for next season, but it was not likely that Williams, and I don't believe Anolfo either, were going to come back. And that adds an element of, oh, what to this? So, look, it's an absolute mess. And Bruce Arena, whatever he did, is going to go down until he's surpassed as the best manager in, in American soccer history. That doesn't mean he, he's Teflon and can't, you know, do things that should get him fired he something has happened and he resigned he wasn't fired he resigned the league said that in the, their investigation there were things that were said to the point that yes if he wants to work in the league again he's got to petition the commissioner so there's something to this to some degree but we don't know what it is and it's a sad way for a legend and feel however you want after not fixing Jurgen Klinsmann's mistakes at the beginning of qualifying to get to 2018, you can feel how you want. He got the tactics wrong in Trinidad. I've said that a million times. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that he doesn't have the best World Cup ever yeah. for the U.S. It, men's national team in 2002. Yeah, There's it, so many elements to it. 2018 cannot be his legacy. No, uh, it's not. It, it, I mean, he came back and, and had a great run with the Revolution. Absolutely. Great supporter shield winning season. I mean, all kinds yeah. of things that he's done. He's the He's the best. But it's a shame that now this is what it is. And, and look, the, the biggest shame is the fact that we don't know what happened. You know, if, if we knew what he said and he said something wrong and he had the opportunity to apologize or whatever, like we don't even know what, what, is, what has happened. And that's the problem with all of this right now. And there's so many little layers of intrigue to it that just make it a, a bad soap opera storyline. And that's not how you want your club run. And they've got to answer some questions. And, and I'm sorry, but Curtin Alfo getting up today and telling a room of journalists that and, – and he's talking about, like, I guess he's trying to back his team. And I don't know if he stood up or 
was pounding the table in front of him or what. It sounded like a, a rah-rah speech of, you know, these guys are committed and, and they're going to play hard and everybody better watch out and stop talking about that baloney. I mean, like, what? Like, how does that make it better? I'm just – the whole thing is blown away. And I I keep thinking it's hit its peak, and then we get baloney thrown, and I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Yeah. Well, uh, we're not going to throw baloney at you on Saturday. I promise you that. We're going to uh, – I can't make any guarantees. No. no well, I, I don't like baloney. I like many cold cuts. I, <laughs> I'll tell you, I'm probably the world champion cold cut eater, but uh, baloney is just not a, a cold cut for me. So – uh, we're going to be on the air Saturday at 4.30 Eastern Time on 92.9 The Game uh, and on the Odyssey app. And we'll also be on Sirius XM Channel 157. And it's an Apple game, so you can pick us on Apple uh, because the Inter-Miami House announcers will be on the TV side. So if you want uh, our call, you know what to click. At 5 o'clock will be the kickoff with the full-time report after the match. We're not going to do a stoppage time next Wednesday because Jason and I will be in Washington, D.C. And that will be its own set of fun and <sighs> wack and zaniness as we try to solve how to describe a game from that stadium. Uh, but at least it's a really nice road trip up until the time we get to the stadium. So uh, we'll look forward to that. We'll be back in, I guess, two weeks for another edition of Stoppage Time. Here on Twitch and the 92.9 The Game Facebook page. Really looking forward to Saturday, and uh, I think we're going to have a lot of fun as well. And Christopher asks, will there be AST next Tuesday night from D.C.? The answer is yes. yes. of course. There you go. Tuesday yeah. night, 10 o'clock. It's the new time slot for the rest of 2023 and maybe beyond. We'll find out. Yeah. Well, so far it seems to be working. So uh, yeah. I'd, I'd say very good chance that uh, – yeah. It'll stay there going into 24. So we'll see you all on Saturday, and uh, let's get excited for a really great weekend. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. 
Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.